Most of the regulators I meet nowadays, they are keenly aware that this is actually a paradigm shift. Regulators are talking to cryptocurrency entrepreneurs like Hans Henrik Hofmeier, who you heard there. Hans is COO of Coinify in Copenhagen. Before that, he worked for IBM and Oracle and co-founded several fintech startups. Now he's meeting EU politicians and officials and says there's a good dialogue about integrating crypto into the mainstream financial world. Coinify has just added Bitcoin SV to the currencies it supports. So I started by asking him to explain what the company does. Coinify is the bridge between the traditional financial world and the new emerging world of virtual currencies. And since our uh, formation, we have specialized in helping people embrace virtual currencies uh, from the financial industry and in principle being the bridge between having traditional currencies and buying some of this new stuff, cryptocurrency, and also a way out in terms of exchanging your cryptos to, to fiat value. So what does that actually mean in practice? What is, the, what is the business that you are doing every day? Yeah, so what it means in practice can maybe compare to, to, to MasterCard. So we would consider ourselves as being MasterCard for virtual currencies. So what does MasterCard really do? Well, MasterCard will issue me a card and will allow for me to buy goods from you as a merchant. And you wouldn't care what type of currency that I have Right? You'll know as a merchant selling your product that you'll receive your currency of choice. On the other hand, I, as a MasterCard holder, will know that if I show this card, then you will be able to accept the currency of my choice as means of payment for the product. So in principle, we are acting as a MasterCard for virtual, for virtual currencies in the sense that we will help people be able to spend their virtual currencies with merchants and we will also ensure that the merchant is not exposed to the volatility of this space and also receive the funds of their choice, which is mainly the major currencies. You've got about a dozen cryptocurrencies that you accept, is that Sure, right? yeah. So, so currently we accept, I think it's around 15 different major virtual currencies. So your Bitcoin, your Ethereum, your Bitcoin Cash, uh, SV and, and other types. Uh, we would see as the major ones we would accept. And we do that because we want to offer our merchant customers the best opportunity to, let's say, accept money or cryptocurrency from uh, consumers wanting to pay in this type of currency. And so who are the merchant customers then? So the merchant customers can be, let's say, a variety of different uh, types of merchants. And actually, I would say it's uh, surprising uh, mimics the traditional uh, payment operator's uh, customer space. So just give me an example of some of your sort of best kind of customers. So we have uh, customers that are engaged in, uh, let's say, selling products online, as you would expect. And that could be uh, physical products. It could also be digital products. It could also be uh, topping up of various services. Uh, let's say, uh, topping up a prepaid card or topping up uh, say mobile phones and so on. On the physical terminal side, let's say in-store payments, we have started to engage in various uh, prototypes of how in-store payments could work 
using cryptocurrencies. Uh, but as you know, there are also some of the technical challenges in those types of, uh, of physical uh, store acceptance in terms of speed and so on. But right now, our sweet spot is, of course, in the online world, where we have uh, very good traction. Supposing I've got a website and I'm selling some physical product on it and taking orders online. If I come to Coinify and say, I'd like to work with you, what, what exactly would happen then? Yeah, so there are two ways. One way is that you are probably a bigger merchant who would want to control the payment experience. You would be able to get access to Coinify's platform. You'll sign up as a merchant customer and you will integrate with our uh, open API. And you will see an API which is indistinguishable from the world pace of, the, of, of this world, uh, a very simple payment interface. But what we see our majority of merchant customers do is that they call up their existing payment relations, like existing payment service providers, and they ask them, do you support me accepting virtual currencies? And if they're lucky, they will have an agreement already, the payment service provider will already have an agreement with Coinify, and therefore enabling them to accept virtual currencies is extremely easy. They, in principle, more or less need to put, uh, to check a box, and then we would enable 15 different currencies. So a lot of our customer base, in terms of merchants, they uh, are already covered uh, by our existing uh, payment service providers. So, what kind of people are those payment service providers? I mean, I'm thinking off the top of my head of PayPal or something like that. Is that the kind of thing we're talking about? So, payment service providers maybe is a technical, let's say, uh, term, but a payment service providers, uh, there are a ton of those in the world. I would maybe assess there is between 900 and 1,000 people. But are they people that I, as a consumer, would never have heard of? Most likely, yes. But where you will see them is when you move to the checkout and you want to pay with using... I mean, WorldPay, I've come across. That That would be one of the bigger ones, yes. So if you you take your WorldPay and say, okay, that's the bar, then there are a ton of others that are smaller than WorldPay across the world. It's quite surprising for me to learn that... uh, businesses I've never particularly been aware of, payment service providers, is one that is not dominated by a very small number of massive businesses, but you say it's sort of, there's lots of small ones. It's quite a fragmented space, yes. Uh, Of course, there are uh, consolidation processes uh, worldwide where some payment service providers, the larger ones, are acquiring smaller ones, and that happens all the time. But it also shows that the payment space in general is fragmenting in terms of that there has never been more ways you can pay for a product, both in terms of what type of currency do you want to pay with, what type of payment instrument do you want to pay with, how do you want to pay using a mobile phone, a physical card, a QR code. So the amount of opportunities for the consumer to pay is fragmenting and a lot of different things are offered. And that's also why we see a strong appetite for our business, because we in principle remove all the problems for the payment service provider and enable them to offer all the various different virtual currencies as means of payment in an extremely easy way where they don't have any risks associated and where the consumer is happy and where the merchant gets their funds and the payment service provider can uphold their business model. Well, let's just go back to the idea of me being uh, an online retailer. And I wanted to get involved in uh, being able to take cryptocurrency. 
I was about to get in touch with Coinify and say, can you help me with this? But then it turns out that my existing payment service provider already offers the service that Coinify is, is working with them on. So what happens then? So how, how does it affect me as a retailer? Well, in principle, it doesn't affect you. It just offers you an additional way of accepting payments. So, so I put this additional way on my website and people can just choose it instead of credit card or something. Exactly. So there are two different types of payment service providers. So one type of payment service provider will choose the list of payment options for the consumer on behalf of the merchant. So the merchant would sign an agreement with the payment service provider and they would list the most common ways of payment. Maybe it's Visa, MasterCard and maybe some other options. And here you they might say, well, we also want to offer all our merchant estate an opportunity to buy with virtual currencies. But most often, it is the merchant who is requesting an enablement of being able to accept virtual currencies. And given that the payment service provider is still paying out the same amount in the currency of choice for the merchant, the merchant is not running any risk. They're in principle just bringing another option to the table for the consumer to spend money with them as a retailer. Is there an incentive for the retailer in terms of transaction fees on crypto compared to traditional payment channels? Well, what we are seeing is that clearly we know that there are some benefits of using, let's say, cryptocurrencies. We also know that there are some setbacks sometimes due to network fees and other things that renders the business case, let's say, not so useful. Um, But on a broad base, I would say, that given the merits of cryptocurrencies being an irreversible transaction, we have seen that some merchants, they see this as an opportunity to be insured that they actually get the money. Because today, with payment cards, there is the risk for them that the card transaction three months later is rejected by the consumer, and then suddenly they have a fraudulent or let's say a dispute case where they need to deal with that. And here with the virtual currency space, or specifically cryptocurrencies, will allow for an instant transfer of value. Do they have to wait for the crypto transaction to be validated on the blockchain? That's what we are guaranteeing. So we take on that risk. You as Coinify. We as Coinify take on that risk on behalf of the payment service provider, on behalf of the merchant. So once payment has been approved, then the merchant is assured the money. But we're seeing the second thing happening. And... Given that you can now sell a different set of products because you are assured that you'll get your payment. Another thing we're seeing is that for a lot of merchants, they live on a very, very skinny and thin margin for their business. Let's say they're running an operating margin of 2%. Now, paying a credit card fee of 1% out of your 2% is quite a lot. We have seen some merchants offer a discount if they take virtual currencies as means of payment rather than traditional payments. And I think some of these, let's say, themes will evolve over time, uh, but definitely some merchants are seeing the opportunity here uh, taking on virtual currencies as means of payment. But I, I think I already asked you this, but perhaps I didn't quite understand. When I said, is there a lower transaction fee for crypto versus using credit cards? I thought you said there wasn't really, or is there? So there is. But we have also seen periods where if you were to pay with Bitcoin in December 2017, the network fees in itself would be too high 
for it to make sense so for you really as a, a consumer. It depends on which cryptocurrency and it changes over time. Definitely. Yeah. Well, let's just move on to now some current developments. You are starting to work with Bitcoin SV. What is distinctive about Bitcoin SV as far as you're concerned and why did you want to offer your customers that? Coinify is established on being blockchain agnostic, right? So we would support those types of currency that we've seen are suited for payments. So Coinify is a payment company and we offer payment products for our customers. Now we would also curate a set of currencies that we would suggest our merchants and customers to pay or to accept payment in. And we have, let's say, a set of requirements for those currencies. So we would require that there has a certain volume, a certain depth of the market in order for us to have a decent business model. Secondly, we have a very important part of our business, uh, which is also part of our, let's say, banking DNA. And that is that we operate as a financial institution and we regulate everything like a bank would do. That means that we have merchant compliance requirements, we have ethical standards on which type of customers we're accepting and so on and so forth. And in that, we also want to ensure our customers and our business partners that they're not involved in any money laundering activity. So we have a very rigid process of screening our transactions so we are assured that we are not part of any ransomware or any type of tainted uh, currencies. Right. Now with, uh, with Bitcoin SV, uh, we have gone through the same process and we feel that, uh, that we are ready to support uh, that particular coin. I wouldn't say that we are, let's say, particularly uh, inclined towards one thing or the other. Uh, we constantly want to have a curated list of currencies that are the most relevant ones for our merchants. Um, but the SV coin and, uh, and the approach that, um, that and the attention that is given hmm. to the regulatory compliance side and to ensure transparency is something that, uh, that we appreciate. One of the sort of advantages of SV is supposed to be in terms of block size. Is that something that is of any interest to you or is that not really... Yeah, we would take that into the overall assessment, right? So how mm. suitable is this, this currency for payment? So with that perspective, of course, it would be interesting uh, to ensure. But there's also the settlement time. There's also right. how quickly can we, let's say, settle this uh, coin in the market. Uh, given that Coinify is not exposed to any type of virtual currency, also means that we do not hold any currency. Because you are just doing the transactions. We're just an intermediary, we're the bridge. So from that perspective, we are not holding any cryptocurrency at any point. We would only, let's say, hold exactly the small amount that is required to transact in and out of the market, which goes quite fast. What is the difference between that business that you've described and an exchange, or is Coinify an exchange? Yeah, so the key difference between Coinify and a traditional exchange is that an exchange will have an order book, right? They will match a sell order with a buy order. We don't do that. Um, the difference between us and an exchange is that an exchange would be required to hold currency in order to conduct their business. That is a risk that Coinify is not interested to be exposed towards. But the most important reason why Coinify is not an exchange is that we would at any given time 
optimize the price across various exchanges for our customers, merchants and consumers. Right, so in a way you you are a customer of exchanges. We are a customer of several exchanges and we will transact where the price is the lowest, where we give the best opportunity for our customers. Now, another thing that I know you're working on is helping end customers, users, to acquire Bitcoin SV. Yeah, so you can say uh, another part of our business, being a payment operator, is that we also help uh, wallets uh, to accept uh, in-wallet buy and sell, so to say. So inside your wallet, you'll be able to top up your wallet with cryptocurrency in a very easy and integrated manner where Coinify is the supplier, where Coinify is the you can say delivery vehicle of your virtual currency or your fiat if you are selling virtual currency. We would be, let's say, that bridge. Let's just step back a bit here and, and I think everyone in this whole industry is agreed that they want to get more and more people involved in using cryptocurrency. We're particularly focused on Bitcoin SV, obviously. But in your experience, what are the sort of limiting factors that stop people getting involved? Where can we sort of smooth things out? Well, I think uh, the, the onboarding process of, of getting people involved in the, in the, in the virtual currency market has always been quite difficult. And uh, given that we are, let's say, working as a traditional financial institution in in many ways, uh, we would apply KYC for for our customers. Know your customer. Yeah, we would apply know your customers and and anti-money laundering principles on, on everything we do. So probably it's also part of that that makes it even more difficult to be onboarded if you just think you are the casual buyer of virtual currencies and you're met with you need to let's say prove your identity processes and that is your passport and stuff exactly and and i think most people who have gone through that those processes will be saying well why do i have to do that and this is cumbersome and and why isn't there an easier way to be onboarded but we also need to to recognize the world we're living in and, and part of the mainstreaming, at least that's where Coinify believes is, is the main, mainstreaming, is that we also need to bridge with the traditional financial world. I mean, it's all good and fine that we have this technology and we want to build the future. But unless we help, let's say, everybody from the past to be onboarded to this future, then we will fail. I mean, there is a sort of tension, isn't there? Because on the one hand, we want to make it simple and easy for people to get involved. But on the other hand, we want to make it secure and comply with regulations and be part of the mainstream rather than some sort of fringe business that is sort of outside of institutional society, I suppose. Yep. And that's the challenge. That's, and that's the opportunity, right? So if you, if you bring forward a model that will actually cater for both and I think uh, at least a lot of the wallets are realizing that the onboarding process, you need to balance that. So you need to balance it between having the appropriate KYC information and appropriate, let's say, processes for anti-money laundering. At the same time, you also need to provide for a smooth uh, process. Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies started out as a kind of wild west of the financial system, but gradually they're moving towards a more regulated 
style, haven't they? I mean, how important are those changes, do you think? Immensely important. Coinify was also established on, on the principle back in 2013 and, and, and 14 that this will become a regulated industry. And we designed the company uh, from the first day to have KYC, uh, anti-money laundering processes and all that good stuff in place. Uh, so we have foreseen, uh, you can say, this transition towards a regulated industry. Um, but it's very positive in the sense that over the course of the past three, four years, we all know that regulators have been challenging in, in determining what is this theme about and how would we regulate it. Initially, I think Bitcoin was compared to gold because there was a mining process, right? And then it was compared to some format of digital cash uh, until somebody told regulators that it has an integrated payment infrastructure system. And then suddenly it was like more like a payment card. Uh, so there has been various interpretation of this theme and therefore also a search for what type of regulatory box can we put this stuff into. Um, what I think is the most important thing that has happened over the course of the last 6 to 12 months is that in the conversations that I, at least I have with, with the Commission, with, uh, with central banks... The European and, Commission, is it? Yeah, that's the European Commission, but also even the Parliament gets involved. Uh, these types of conversation, there is a profound understanding of this technology and the implications and potential. And I've been surprised by, let's say, what you would call politicians actually knowing what it is, this thing. I think that most of the regulators I meet nowadays, they are keenly aware that this is actually a paradigm shift and that they need to intelligently figure out how do we regulate this in a supportive, but also in a matter where we ensure that all the good compliance we put in place in terms of anti-money laundering is not, let's say, circumvented somehow. And therefore, the, uh, at least on the European Union level, uh, it has now been agreed to update the Anti-Money Laundering Directive 5 to include virtual currencies and cryptocurrencies, where cryptocurrency is a sub subset of virtual currencies, but include everything which is not central bank issued, which Bitcoin is clearly not, include that in the existing regulation in terms of combating money laundering. It also means that companies like Coinify and others will uh, be registered with the financial services authorities in their local country and from that perspective be supervised, monitored uh, to conduct a, a proper business. And I think that's hugely important for the industry. But is there anything intrinsically awkward or just impossible about cryptocurrency in relation to regulation? For instance, the fact that it's so transnational there must be things about it that actually mitigate against successful regulation compared to a fiat currency. Sure, just as there was with the internet. When the internet emerged, you had the same challenges. Now, regulators and authorities stepped up to the challenge over time. It took some time. Uh, but you see the exact same theme happening here. I mean, it's encouraging to hear that in your conversations with politicians and people that there's sort of well-informed people and goodwill on both sides. I mean, that might not have been the case. No, it has completely changed. I completely agree. And, and I have been surprised by the speed. Different authorities, even, uh, 
Yeah, ESMA and uh, the Security Commission uh, have, have looked into this, and now they actually are starting to establish paradigms about how could this be potentially regulated. It, it's not like hands-off anymore. It's actually where they're trying to find solutions. European Union is keenly aware that if they apply a regulatory framework which is very hostile, then the business would in principle just move elsewhere and still be rendered in over their jurisdiction. Back to your point about isn't this a global theme? So I think regulators understand it is a global theme, but they also need to ensure that, that they keep the safety of what is in place already. So I think that makes sense. Hans, thank you very much indeed. It was a pleasure. Thanks to Hans Henrik Hofmeier of Coinify. Next week, my guest is one of the most unusual authorities in the cryptocurrency world. Dominic Frisby is a writer and journalist with a mission to make this complicated subject more accessible. But we also talk about his other life as a comedian and voiceover artist. Join me, Charles Miller, in the wacky world of Bitcoin next week.